0: So the word stewardship, right? It's a word that strikes fear into the hearts of everybody. When you start talking about stewardship, uh, it keeps me up at night, this word stewardship. Uh, When you hear the word stewardship mentioned at church, you know, people, you'll say, uh, we're going to have a series on stewardship coming up. And everybody goes, oh no, my pastor's going to talk about money. Well, that's kind of part of it, but let me tell you what. It, like I said, it's a word that keeps me up at night because I go, oh, no, I have to talk about money. I tell you what, it's, it's one of my least favorite things to talk about is money. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the stereotype that people have about churches that all they want is your money. Uh, how many of you have ever heard somebody say that? Well, I don't go to church because all they want. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of you. Uh, who have heard people say that before, but it's a stigma that is attached to the church. It's a stereotype that people have about the church, that all they want is your money, that all they want is your money. And, and they hear preachers on TV say just goofy things, you know, like, if you don't give me a million dollars, I'm not saying they're from the South, but if you don't give me a million dollars, the Lord's going to take me home. Just once, I want to see people go, oh, let's see that happen, you know. We, we, and honestly, okay, which would you rather have? The million dollars or heaven? Huh? You know, you don't give me a million dollars, it's going to take me home. So don't send in any money because I'm ready to go. But, or you'll hear uh, pastors say things like, if you give, 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 then the Lord's going to bless, 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 bless. Completely ignoring the fact that we're already blessed, 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 blessed. Lately, I've heard preachers get a a little more bold about uh, asking for specific big-ticket items. I need a $57 million private jet to do my ministry. I've heard two pastors say that. I need a $57 million private jet to do my ministry. Tell me this. How could Jesus and 12 guys be walking around in sandals and change the whole world? No private jet. And yet we can't do it in 21st century America without a private jet? Crazy. You know, we follow a homeless carpenter. Jesus said, boxes have dens, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, he was a homeless man. Jesus was a homeless man. And yet we have pastors who live in million-dollar homes in gated communities and drive, you know, luxury cars and and they can tell you all the time, I need more, I need more, I need more. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And we wonder why the church has an image problem. We wonder why pastors have an image problem, why pastors are not trusted. It used to be one of the most t- trusted professions. Not anymore. Because they all got their hands out, it seems. And so there's a reason why I don't like to talk about giving. And I don't do it very often. But you know what? Here's the thing. Jesus talked about money quite a bit. He talked about money a lot, actually. I think it's the second most covered topic in his ministry was money. Because money is, well, money's funny. And not like ha-ha funny, but more ironic funny. In that the more you have, (laughs) the more you want. And the more you have, the less likely you are to let go of it. It's the last thing. Uh, When we talk about discipleship, uh, when we talk about giving and things like that, the last thing that people will give up is their money. It's the thing we hold tightest onto. And we hold onto our money pretty tight. We don't like giving it up, and we don't like giving it away. We prefer to hoard it and hang on to it. You know, there's a story in the, gospels of a a a rich man who came to jesus and said what must i do to inherit eternal life and jesus said well you know the you know the commandments he's like i've kept all these since i was a boy and jesus said i'll tell you what you got there's just one thing if you'll do this one thing then you'll be perfect Says, sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and they come follow me it says the man went away very sad (laughs) it wasn't quite what he wanted to hear and he goes away very sad Pastor Kyle Itaman says, the problem wasn't that he had money, it was that money had him. I think we're all in that boat sometimes, where it's like, you know, there's just not enough. And yeah, some of us live paycheck to paycheck, and and some of it's through no fault of our own. And we tend to get stingy, though, even if we're living paycheck to paycheck, or even if we're living high on the hog, we'll still get a little stingy, and we hold on tight our money so what are we what are we supposed to do with it well we're going to talk about stewardship for the next four weeks and it's not just about money in fact we're going to save that till the end we're going to talk about stewardship and being good stewards of our time our talent and our treasure today we're going to do an overview of stewardship and and what this is all about this is a series that i've entitled open hands And we'll get into why I call it that in just a little while. Uh, But for today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from the book of Matthew. um, And we're going to talk about what it means to be blessed and what it means to bless others. Because I believe that the purpose of blessings is to be a blessing. The purpose of the blessings we receive is to give them away. This is an old concept. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis 12, 2, uh, God was speaking to Abram before he became Abraham. And he says to Abram, makes him a promise. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will what? Be a blessing. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you into a great nation. You're going to be the father of a great nation. God kept that promise. He says, I will bless you. God kept that promise. He says, I will make your name great. Kept that promise. And then he says, and you will be a blessing. See, the purpose of Abram, of blessing Abram was not for Abram's own benefit. It was to bless others. This is a concept that is uh, repeated in the New Testament. I mean, God blesses people so that people will bless others. That's the point. God blesses people so that people will bless others. And like I said, this concept is repeated in the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians nine eleven, Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. He said, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be what? Generous on every occasion. See, we like part A, but we're not necessarily into part B. See, part A, you'll be enriched in every way. We think, all right, let's get to that. I want to be enriched in every way. Want a nice house, want a nice car, want nice clothes, want nice things. Good gadgets and electronics and yada, yada, yada. But we forget about the second part. We forget about part B. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So that you can be generous on every occasion. You are blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. God blesses people so that people will bless others what this whole thing is about that's what stewardship is all about and so we're going to talk about stewardship uh, for the next four weeks and how we can be better stewards of our time talent and treasure Uh, it's not all about money it's about the the time that we have all of our days are numbered what are you doing with your time it's more than just money It's about talent, it's your abilities, it's your gifts, the things that God has enabled you to do, the things that God has entrusted you with, your gifts. How are you using those to make a difference for Jesus Christ? And then it is about treasure as well. Like I said, that's the thing we hold on to most tightly. How can we open our hands? We'll talk about that, like I said, in just a few minutes. So, today we're going to look at a passage from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. If you brought a Bible, great, grab it. Uh, turn to Matthew 25. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 702 uh, of that Bible. You can use your favorite app on your smartphone or tablet, like Version or Bible Gateway, something like that. And we'll also have the words up on the screen. So there's no excuse not to be able to follow along. So we're in Matthew 25, and this is called the parable of the talents. And this is a, a, a parable is a story that Jesus told uh, in order to make uh, a point um, uh, about... Uh, Spiritual things, and so we're going to take this in four pieces. First we're going to look at verses uh, fourteen through eighteen matthew twenty five fourteen through eighteen it says again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. And entrusted his property to them. Let's stop right there. So this man, this is, uh, uh, Jesus is talking about what it's going to be like in the end times. What it's going to be like when God, when Jesus judges the world. And he says it's going to be like a man who goes on a journey. And he calls his servants to him. And he entrusts them with his property. Let's define a steward. A steward is someone who is entrusted to manage the affairs or property of someone else. And so a steward is someone who doesn't own anything. His servants, his slaves, they didn't own any of this stuff. It was all the master's stuff that he was entrusting to his servants. So it's different than saying, here, here's a gift. I'm going to give this to you for you to do with whatever you want. If you want to use it for yourself, somebody else, it's up to you. No, this is an entrusting thing. This is a stewardship thing. And so the master says to to his servants, I'm entrusting you with this. I want you to manage my property. I want you to manage my affairs. I want you to manage my money. And there's going to be accountability at the end. So he says, I'm going to entrust you with some property. Verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Stop right there. What is a talent? It's not a gift. It's not like being able to sing or play the violin. A talent was a unit of weight. It started out as a unit of weight, and it uh, it weighed about 75 pounds. So it was measurement. A talent weighed about 75 pounds, and eventually it came to be used for coinage, where it was a value of money. Uh, And in fact... Uh, one talent was equal to 6,000 denarii. Now you may be asking yourself, oh, what is a denarii? Well, a denarius, which is the single of denarii, a denarius was uh, the wages for one day. That was equal to one day's wages. One talent was equal to 6,000 days wages, or about 20 years. In in modern day, that's about 20 years worth of wages. If you make $50,000 a year, that's a million dollars. We'll use that round number right there. That's a million bucks in one talent. To one servant, he gave five talents. That's five million bucks. Could you imagine walking into your boss's, you call them the boss's office, and you're like, what do I do now? You call them the boss's office, the boss says, hey, you know what? Uh, I need you to manage some money for me. Uh, I'm going to be out of the country for a while. I need you to manage this. Here's five million dollars. And as soon as you wake up after fainting... You think, I got to get to work. I got to, you know, my boss trusts me with $5 million. I got to do something with it. So to the first servant, he gives $5 million. To the second servant, he gives $2 million. To the third servant, he gives $1 million. And notice what Jesus says. It was each according to his own ability. See, the master's not dumb. The master knows guy A, guy B, they're pretty trustworthy. Guy A especially. Uh, guy C, uh, not so much. Uh, so I'm only going to give him a million dollars. still a million bucks. And they're going to manage it for him while he's away on his trip. All right, so verse 16. It says, then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now this was a common practice. They would, if you didn't have a safe or a vault or anything like that, they would sometimes take the money and they would bury it in the ground. Jesus told another parable about a man who found a treasure buried in a field. And he couldn't just take it because that would be stealing. And so what he did is he went and he sold all his possessions and then went and bought the field because the treasure in the field was greater than the treasure he already had. And when he bought the field, he bought everything that was in it, including the treasure. So this is something that they did. And this guy doesn't put it in his mattress. He buries it in the ground. Pick it up. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So each of the first two servants go out. They put their money to work. They invest. They work hard. And they double the money. All right. They are, they invest their time and their energy and their efforts and their talents. And they invest the master's treasure, his blessings. They invest that. Uh, and they they double their return. That's awesome. Well, then there's the third guy. And the third guy comes in. Verse 24, then the man who received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, a harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. There's an accountability there. The master was coming back, and the guy knew it. And he's like, well, when the master comes back, I'm just going to give him back what he gave me. I hope I don't lose anything. I hope I don't lose this treasure. I hope I don't lose these blessings. So I'm just going to bury it in the ground. And then when he comes back, I'll give him back what he, owes, what, what he gave me. And the master is, like I said, he's no fool. He knew that this guy wasn't the most trustworthy. He knew that he was lazy. But he took a chance on it. He said, I'm going to entrust you with some treasure. And the man let him down. The man failed him. And he calls him a wicked, lazy servant. The man was lazy, but he's also afraid. He didn't understand who the master was. He didn't understand them. Yeah, he knew that the master was hardworking. The master wasn't born with the silver spoon in his mouth. The master was hardworking. He, he harvested where he did not sow. Uh, he worked hard to get where he was. And so the man was lazy and he was afraid of the master. And because of that, he was punished. He was held accountable, and he was punished. Verse twenty-eight. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping, and gnashing of teeth. There is punishment for this third servant, because he was lazy and wicked and afraid, and he didn't do. What he was supposed to do. He didn't bring honor to the master. And he didn't use his time, talent, and treasure in order to bring glory to the master, to bring honor to the master. So what does this mean for us? You know, here in 21st century America, you know, we don't have talents and we don't have, you know, nobody's given us $5 million, $2 million, or $1 million. They're not entrusting us with that. But I tell you what, we are blessed. We are a blessed people, my friends, more than we deserve. And the first thing I want you to know is that God is the source of blessings. God is the source of blessings. Everything you have came from God. In one way or another, it all came from God. You think, well, wait a minute. I work hard. I work 10-hour days, 12-hour days, 16-hour days. I work my fingers to the bone. You know, I go to that mill, that filthy mill every day. Or I go to that office, that high-stress office, every day. Or I teach those minions every single day. Some of you who are teachers, we thank God for you. We pray for you, because, man, you need it. I've seen these kids. My goodness. We pray for you. And, yeah, it's stressful, and it's hard work, and it's back-breaking labor sometimes. And You think, I work hard for the money I earn. I work hard You know, I I did this myself. I did this. No, you didn't. A, who gave you the job? Who gave you the brain, the education? Uh, Who gives you the energy? Who provides the food that you need to eat to get the energy? See, God provides everything. In one way or another, God is the source of blessings. Your blessings, my blessings. The blessings we have come from God. God is the source of blessings. And he entrusts us with blessings. He has entrusted us as stewards of blessings. And God expects you to be a good steward of his blessings. Notice, I didn't say your blessings. I said his blessings. He is the one who blesses and he blesses us with his blessings. They're not yours. They're not mine. We don't own a thing. The car you drive, God provided. The house you live in, God provided. Your family, your friends, your talents, your abilities, God provides it all. God is the source of blessings, and He expects you to be a good steward of His blessings. And that means using your time to invest in the lives of other people, using your time to lead your family well. Husbands, wives, moms, dads. God has given you time with your kids or your grandkids. He expects you to use that time well to invest in their lives so that they will grow up to love Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So they will grow up to love Jesus with all that they have. God expects you to use your time well. God expects you to use your talents well. He gave them to you. So maybe you got a mind for finances, get involved in the financial ministry. Maybe you got a heart for kids, get involved in the children's ministry. Maybe you have a heart to, to for people and, and you want to see people come to know Jesus as their Savior, get involved in the outreach ministry. Now you know who Sean Case is. You need to talk to that man about getting involved in outreach. Or maybe you want to, you have a heart for worship and you can play guitar. Or you can play drums or you can... Uh, You're technology-minded. You can help run the technology part of of things in worship. You know, you have been given talents. You have been given abilities. You have been given gifts. God expects you to use those gifts, those talents, those abilities well. And then financially. We've all been blessed. And we just sent a team to Haiti yesterday. They got on a plane. They went to Haiti. And like I said, they're in worship this morning down there. And they're going to worship for five or six hours with people who literally have Nothing. I got a text message from one of the ladies on the trip. They landed, and within an hour, she sent me a text that said, I've cried three times already from the children, the trash, and the destruction. Three times in an hour. It's a whole different world than what we than what we experience here. And yet we complain about our blessings. We complain about the ways that we've been blessed. Well, I haven't been blessed enough. You got more than ninety-eight percent of the people around the world. You got more than and and what do they do? They show up at church on a Sunday, and they sing praises for five, six, seven hours, and we're looking at our watches after forty-five minutes. Man, is this ever going to end? Man, I got to get to tailgating. There's a football game on tonight, but it's not till tonight. You can you can survive. God expects you to be a good steward of His blessings. Blessings of time, talent, and treasure. Now, I call this series Open Hands. Steward, a stewardship series called Open Hands. And you may be wondering why. Well, what does this have to do with open hands? Well, see, like I said, we, we tend to hold on to things really tightly. We tend to hold on to our time really tightly. My my time is valuable. I don't, I don't have a lot of time to invest in in my relationship with Jesus. I don't have a lot of time to invest in my kids or I don't have a lot of time to invest in my marriage. I don't have a lot of time to invest uh, in the neighbors. Or we'll hold on to our talents. Say, you know, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like volunteering at church. I don't feel like getting involved. We hold on to our talent. And we hold on to our treasure so tightly. I worked hard for this. I don't want to give it away. I I, I need this. You know, I've heard it said that we shouldn't look at tithing as, as you know, what uh, having to give away 10%. We should look at it as, how am I going to spend the 90% that I have? How, many, how, how can I spend the 90% I get to keep? And not worry about the 10% that God asks you to give. But we hold on to it so tightly. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. And here's the thing. You can't give blessings if your hands are closed. You can't. You can't bless others if your hands are closed. And what is the point of blessings? We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to give away. We are blessed to bless others. Like I said, you you can't give blessings if your hands are closed. If your hands are tightly wrapped around your your treasure, you can't give them away. And that's the point. To be a good steward means to give it away. And here's the flip side of that. You can't give blessings if your hands are closed, and you can't receive blessings if your hands are closed. If you've got your hands wrapped so tightly around your time, talent and your treasure, you can't receive anything because your hands are closed. So the point is that you need to open your hands, say, I'm going to give it away. to be radically generous with your time, talent and treasure. All these things are limited. They're all limited. You only have so much time. And you only have so much talent. You only have so much treasure. But instead of holding on to it so tightly, what if you opened it up, opened up your hands and gave it away? And what you'll find is that when you open up your hands to give, your hands are open to receive. And God will bless you. Now, this is not a health and wealth gospel. You know, give to the church and God will bless you. No, no, no. Invest your time your talent, and your treasure in other people. Whether it's your family or your church family, your neighbors, your kids, invest your time, your talent, and your treasure in others. Give it away. And you'll find that God will bless you and give you uh, abundantly more than you could ever deal with. And then, don't close your hands up. Keep them open. The blessings come down. The blessings go out. It's all about giving and giving and giving and giving to others. Being a blessing with the blessings you've been given. See, God is the source. And we are the stewards of blessings. He has entrusted us with time, talent, and treasure to invest in others. And I know what I want to hear. At the end of my life, when I walk into heaven, I don't want to hear away from me. Sean, I blessed you with so many things. And you kept them to yourself. You closed up your hands. I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. Come and share in the joy of heaven. Man, I, I tell you what, I, 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 I look forward to the day I get, I get to heaven. I look forward to getting home maybe you do too and one of the things i can't wait to see is is a reunion of people whose lives i touched without knowing i touched their lives you know what i mean that somebody watched a sermon online or somebody uh got invited to church or you know i was talking to a neighbor or something and and it made a difference in their lives the the number of people whose lives made a difference by sacrificing time talent and treasure and i hope that that's your prayer too That there will be people in heaven because you are willing to invest your time, talent, and treasure.